This week, I spent several hours on paperwork. Tax forms, background paperwork, reviewing board minutes, memos, emails, release forms, etc. It's amazing how much of our life is spent on the phone or in line or in paperwork. I've probably lost a year of my life alone at the IRS, the DMV, the DFS, and the DE combined. Sometimes I believe God allows government to exist just to try our patience. And it's in situations like these where it's easy for me to get frustrated. And when I get frustrated, I pray that great prayer of faith. Lord, give me patience and hurry. Impatience is part of our fallen nature. It's part of our sin nature. And as I was researching patience and impatience this week, I ran into a couple quotes that I liked and I know to be true. First, patience is something that you admire in the driver behind you but not in the one ahead. Or this quote from Margaret Thatcher in 1989, I am extraordinarily patient, provided I get my own way in the end. Although she was trying to be witty, her comment was revealing with regard to human nature. That is exactly how most of us are most of the time. I don't know what it is about the shortness of our human life, but I think we all lean towards impatience more than patience. Whether it's a conversation you can't wait to wrap up, the pizza taking too long to get to your table, the light that never changes to green, many of us are incredibly impatient. Yet our God is a God of patience and endurance. And he calls the Christian to nourish this fruit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to work together to develop a lifestyle that shows his patience to the world. When so many of us are quick in our impatience, um, what does that show to the world? What do we show God to be? And how do we get to this point where we are right now, where we are, many of us, so impatient, to where God wants us to be, where our light of patience shines brightly? Well, it seems to me that the first thing you need when you're aiming for a goal like the spiritual goal of being more patient, is to know what you're aiming for. So what does patient mean biblically? In Galatians 5, which is the passage in which the fruits of the spirits are found, the spirit fruit of patience is macrothemia. This is a compound Greek word made up of the word macro, meaning long, and themia, which means anger. The term Paul uses here is literally long to anger. The opposite of that is used in scripture too, oxythemia, which means sudden anger, and it's usually translated as impatient. Long to anger versus short to anger. We all know people who have a short fuse. They're quick-tempered, easily angered. Let's be honest. I have found oxythemia on, or a short fuse looking back at me from the mirror on many days. And I know I'm not the only one. But let me tell you something that you already know in the Spirit. Being impatient like this is not good enough. Being impatient or short-tempered is not good enough for the person who calls himself Christian. We are told in Scripture we must exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. We must show the world that we are being transformed into the image of Christ. And let me tell you, our God is a patient God. It is essential to his qualities. It is essential to Jehovah. 
We cannot define or understand what patience looks like until we look to the example he gave us. I see God's patience in dealing with Adam and Eve as they fall into sin, and he grants the initial revelation of his covenant of grace. I see the patience of God with the patriarchs and Israel when they're grumbling in the wilderness. I see his patience in the dozens of times Israel falls away when her kings lead Israel into destruction. I see patience when Gideon tests God with the fleece, and when Moses tries to back out of leading the people out of Egypt because he has a speaking disorder, when Samson's bad choices lead him to be blinded and chained at the Philistine temple, when Jonah runs the other way to Tarshish. I see his patience throughout the Gospels, Jesus Christ, constantly being rejected and forsaken. I see it when the disciples, time after time, just don't get it, when the crowd becomes fickle and deserts him. I see his patience with the soldiers who are beating him and the religious leaders who hung him. I see his patience in the establishment of the church in the New Testament. And I see it throughout the history of our faith and the history of this nation. And beautifully, I see the patience of God in my own life. 2 Peter 3, verses 8-9 through 9 give us some beautiful words on God's patience. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Here Peter refers to the mocking of the world considering the second coming of Christ. Jesus has not come back yet, the skeptics say. This is evidence there is no Christ and there is no second coming. In reality, Peter informs us that, in fact, Christ has not come because it's a display of God's patience. He has not come because not all people are saved and he is long-suffering and will continue to endure patiently until all of the elect have been gathered into a saving relationship with Christ. Our God is patient. It is one of his defining characteristics, a core character trait. The question for us is, are those who are called his people defined by patience too? And I don't mean the little patience we need to get through the little irritants of the day. Surely the spirit of the living God who helped form the world and raise Christ from the dead, the same spirit that is alive in you and me, can help you endure a long time in a line. Or fixing that part of your house again that always seems to be breaking down. Or the person too slow in front of you. These are small things. Good Lord, what testimony do we have of the presence and the power of God in our life if we cannot triumph over the small irritants? It's not enough for the Christian to be patient with paperwork and slow drivers. God wants your patience to be strong enough to handle the life-altering. And I want to give you this morning some real examples of situations that are on my heart this week that are affecting people in my life, real people and real patience testers. These are the big situations that demand great patience and test the Christian. I've been talking to a pastor friend several states away. And the question she asked, what do you do when you have been for years the primary caretaker for your mother who has dementia? And every day she battles you over every little thing and hits you and bites you and doesn't know you. 
As you're changing clothes or helping her to the bathroom, she says she hates her life and hates you, wants to know where her family is. Day after day, you spend your free time enduring this because you love your mother. As a Christian, is your patient endurance up to that challenge? What do you do when your spouse walks out on you or cheats on you or hits the kids or is back on drugs or refuses to work or is stopped putting effort into the relationship. And you're alone trying to do everything you can to, to move on in life and get p bills paid and raise kids alone and make it another day without breaking down in front of strangers. As a Christian, is your patient endurance up to the challenge? What do you do when the disease turns into a disorder and the symptoms into a syndrome and you realize that you will always be sick? You will always be in pain, always have to take medication. When the novelty of your illness wears off and you're not on people's lips anymore and you're not in the daily prayers anymore, when you're worn down by the constant struggle of your body not cooperating anymore, as a Christian, is your patience and your endurance up to the challenge? I'm encouraging you with everything in me when you go through the monumental situations that call for patience, endure. I know that I'm skipping right over the light stuff, but I don't think we get to the, when we get to heaven that, that the Father will be impressed we didn't grumble in the Walmart line or flip off the slow driver. I want your testimony to be solid, that when the capacity for human patience dries up, that what you have the strength for inside of yourself dries up. You have fruit grown in the Spirit and the power of God. That sustains you. Church patience means patience for as long as the situation demands. I'm not talking about patience for an afternoon. What do you do when you've been on your knees for 20 years praying and there's still no answer? For those who have had to have patience for many seasons... Patience for a second is nothing. There's power in that kind of patience. As with any of the fruits of the Spirit, practicing them and letting them bloom inside of you changes you. It's letting God operate on His terms and at His speed. And when you can be a person who lets God be God, you will change the world. I saw a quote that I thought on for a few days, wondering if I agreed with it or not. And after praying about it, I do. A pastor was saying, every fruit I know has an outer layer. We peel a banana or an orange to eat the fruit inside. Other fruits, like an apple or a grape, we will eat skin and all. But the outer layer of every fruit serves an important purpose. It helps keep the moisture inside the fruit, even in the dry seasons. The outer peel will protect the fruit and allow it to grow. If the outer peel or the skin is broken or removed, the fruit will rot and spoil. Patience is your peel. Patience is the peel for the soul of mankind. Patience protects our hearts from being rancid, bitter, and rotten to the core. God wants our lives to be sweet and appealing to others. That's the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit, of patience. It protects the rest and lets us live out an aroma and a flavor that tastes and smells just like Jesus.
I want you to have that protective layer of patience in your life. There are some sweet things inside of you that can turn rotten when you don't have patience. If you're stifling the power of the Spirit in your life, if you're not practicing patience and allowing the fruit to grow, you will end up dissatisfied, upset, and angry with others and with yourself. Here are my solid predictions of how your life and growth will go if you neglect the fruit of patience. If you have no patience, you will easily lose control of your emotions, being a person of outburst and temper and blame rather than what God wants you to be. If you don't have patience, you will slide more and more into being a member of the throwaway generation. And I mean that in discarding relationships and discarding people and jobs and school and church and hobbies. Whenever things are not working out as quickly as you want them to or when you're not adequately satisfied at the rate you demand. If you're not patient, you will give up too soon on praying because you're not seeing an immediate payoff for your efforts and because you can't understand the timing of God. If you're not patient, you will waste time that could be spent on living like Christ because you're obsessed with why things aren't moving or working out at the speed you hoped they would. If you're not patient, you will turn off people who genuinely love you and care for you because of your impatience, and you'll hurt your relationships and your witness. If you're not patient, you will ignore all the positive gains you've made in your own life, all the good work Jesus has done in you. You will ignore all that you have improved on and accomplished because the impatient person cannot find satisfaction in the little victories, but always demands the next level be complete. If you're impatient, you will always be in a hurry in life and you will forget to count your blessings and love people and relish memory. If you're not patient, you'll become too achievement-focused, unable to rest and recover in the Lord. You'll pursue vain goals because you cannot just be in relationship with God and others. Church, all good things take time. Relationships take time. Meaningful change takes time. Knowing our God better will take time. Big goals, advanced skills, real maturity in the faith, true satisfaction in your life will take time. They all take patient endurance. Do not be somebody who lashes out, gives up, moves on too quickly, or supplants what God is doing just because you don't have the patience to wait long enough for the good to develop. And before you get the wrong idea, hear me out. As we become people of patience, one of the things I think we need to emphasize is that patience is not passive. Patience is not idleness. Patience doesn't mean that you do nothing. Your action in a given situation may not be what the world expects from you. It may not be what you used to do. The world will demand you strike back or get busier or cut ties with lagging people. The person of God rests and waits and prays and that can seem like you're doing nothing, but it's far from doing nothing. Patience is active and intentional. Patience is the faith to wait on the Father to do His work and for His plan to develop. It is the enduring love that we show to people that we may not get along with, that are irritating us, that aren't moving as quickly as we'd like. Patience is prayer. 
It's meditation on the word. It's sitting in the, in the stillness. It melds itself into every other spiritual gift. You cannot show love without patience. Try it. Be joyful in tribulations. Try that without patience. Have peace. Try that without patience. They're all impossible. Patience is powerful. Being rooted in the rest of God and in His timing is powerful. As you pray and you meditate and you wait and you listen, don't let the world accuse you of being timid or passive. Those things are strong weapons in the spiritual realm. As a pastor, I have the unique position to know what many of you are going through. Although some of you are like clams with your personal information. This I am sure of, though. To be alive is to suffer. Maybe it's a small thing. Maybe it's huge. Maybe it's something that you've endured already, are going through right now, or will be in the future. But the truth is the same. is You will go through difficult times. Times that will push you and stretch you beyond what you think you are capable of enduring. This life, you will be, you'll be frustrated and abused. You'll be tested in ways that you cannot anticipate. But here's the second truth. God is growing inside you the fruit of patience. You will have the strength you need to endure patiently in the way God expects of his followers when the situation arises. In the little challenges, relish them because you're growing in godliness through them. When you're struggling, seek out God. Rest in him. Wait for his pathway. Pray. And I tell you, with all confidence, when the really tough times come, you will have the power to endure patiently. In the Spirit, you will have the power to do so. Church, we are enduring a lot in this season of our life. This is an opportunity to let patience grow. Let this fruit grow so that the whole world will be astonished at your spirit and give praise to the Father.